You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Welcome to Forever Giants, the podcast. I'm Rennell Brooks-Moon. In today's episode, I sit down with Jeffrey Leonard at the beautiful Silver Oak Cellars in Napa Valley. The story of the San Francisco Giants is legendary. In my years as the official voice of the Giants, I've had the privilege to meet countless players and personalities whose passion for this team is only matched by their love for the game. Their stories are intertwined within the fabric of this team's history. They are Forever Giants. Jeffrey Leonard was a natural on the diamond. During his 14-year career, he was a two-time All-Star and the 1987 NLCS MVP. Known for swinging at the first pitch, he garnered the nickname Hackman. And when he was on, he was one of the best hitters in baseball. Introduced to the game at a young age, the Hackman story begins in the city of brotherly love. Jeffrey Leonard, this is a real treat for me. Thank you for joining me, my Virgo brother. <laughs> September 22nd, we share a birthday, okay? <laughs> my pleasure, my pleasure. Thank you so much. And we were talking a little bit earlier about how I, I learned baseball at the age of five, going to Candlestick with my parents, and you started playing baseball at the age of five. Yes, I did. Yes, yeah. I did. Running up and down the hallways, <laughs> <laughs> sliding into the TV. Yeah, that's where I started. And your dad played semi-pro, so yes. I'm sure that had a, a big impact on you, right? Yeah, he he taught me the game. You yeah. know, he was my first guy. He taught me the ins and outs, taught me the fundamentals, and you know how to throw, how to catch, how to hit. Uh, we it, so it um, helped us a lot. That you know, as a father and son, yeah, our relationship was, uh, yeah. was very very strong. Well, we're going to get into that a, l- a little bit later, but um, and we're going to also, of course, talk about your time as a giant and. Your amazing 1987 NLCS, which was is still just ridiculous, okay? But I want to go back to the beginning because I don't think a lot of our, our viewers know that uh, you were born in Philadelphia. Yes. By the way, congratulations on your Eagles. Yes, thank you. How fantastic was that? <laughs> hey! Oh, he's doing a little dance. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Were you in? Where were you watching the Super Bowl? I need to know. I was in Roseville. Oh, I was in Roseville. Okay. But my sisters still live in Philadelphia, so they were calling me and texting me and all that. So it was it, it was good. Y'all was were good. waiting a long time for that good. one. A long time. Yeah, a long yeah. Time. Well, you, you mentioned your sisters. You were the only boy in this family. Yes. And you had two sisters. And tell me a, a little bit about their impact and influence on you, because I was reading that you you just hung out with them, and you listened to music, and you danced the twist with them. <laughs> is that is that real talk? Come on. That's real talk. That's real talk. <laughs> um, I had a younger sister who was three years younger, and then I had an older sister who was three years older. And so, you know, I was stuck in the middle. Um <laughs> As far as competition, my oldest sister was the one because I was always smaller than her, slower than her. She beat me in everything. Bike riding, I mean, cowboys and Indians, riding bikes, (laughs) racing, everything. So I couldn't wait for the day that I would outgrow her and get her. So I finally did. Yes, um, you did. Yeah, great influence. Yeah, we danced a lot. We sung a lot. You know, we were a singing family. 
that was good music back then. We're yeah. talking Motown, yeah. Jeffrey Leonard, yes. talk to yes. me about it. <laughs> yes. Right? Yes. Right? Did you do the Temptation Walk and everything? I did all that. Yes. Did all that. Yes, yes. yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Wonderful times. And your mom, I love that your mom said about you that, well, she said you were very shy, which I need to talk to you about. <laughs> she said you were very shy, but she also said that you never gave her one minute of trouble. What was going on in that household that had you so disciplined that you didn't <laughs> ever want to disappoint your mama? <laughs> she might have been a little bit too kind. Oh, okay. <laughs> Talk to me. Oh, well, we had a nice little tree out front where it had these switches. So I don't know if you know. <laughs> you go pull the switch off and that didn't hurt. I mean, that that uh, that hurt a lot. But uh, you know, we had our discipline, and we had this little drawer in the kitchen. Uh-oh. And one of my aunts, um, we had a belt, and we called it Aunt Sing's belt, and it was in that drawer. So we all knew if we had to go to that drawer. <laughs> you were in trouble. We were in trouble. Oh. But you know, times had changed. But uh, you know, there's no timeouts back then. So oh no. It was, it was just here no. it is and. And we understood back at that time. That's that's how it was. Yes, exactly. We would go out on the L's or the buses and trolleys and all that. My mom had this had this little pinch, and we got out of order. Just a, just a, just a little touch, and bam! That would last about fifteen or twenty minutes. <laughs> you just sit here like, oh, like, oh. And what about the look? I remember I would the just look. get a yes. look, and I knew I had to straighten up, right? Yes, yes, yes. Right across the room, just just a little, bam. You're yeah. Like, oh, okay. Okay, mom. Okay, mom. Yeah, she was the one. She yeah. was the one. She yeah. was just yeah. She disciplined us pretty good. Yeah, that's that's our old school upbringing yes. that that we share. Yeah. Now to stay out of trouble, I was reading <laughs> you. You actually played sports all year round. Yeah. What did you play in addition to baseball? What else did you uh, play? I played basketball, um, football, uh, ran track. I tried soccer just for a little bit, but really? like, come on with that. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't feeling soccer. I wasn't feeling soccer. <laughs> um, a little bit of high hurling. Um, oh, my goodness. Yeah. Yeah, you did everything. Yeah, and looking back on that now, do you see that as really keeping you out of trouble and keeping you on the straight and narrow? Because yeah, I'm sure you didn't know that did. at the time, right? No, exactly. Um, uh, it kept me out of a whole lot of trouble. You know? Yeah. It, it took away... It filled up that those those empty spaces of time, you know, those those times, and uh, I didn't run around as much with you know with all the guys from the neighborhood. So yeah, because it was a little dicey, right? They're a little dicey. Yeah, they're a little dicey, but yeah. you know. But mom and dad made sure you stayed out of trouble. Yes. Yeah. Now, is it true that you developed your the strength in your arm from throwing rocks at passing cars? <laughs> Come on. I'm I'm just telling you what I read. I did my research. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> is that is that true? I don't know about passing cars, but. <laughs> Yeah, I threw. <laughs> I would throw rocks, and we had this big old tree that these little green apples, and uh, me and my uh, my best friend at the time, uh, Glover Reddick, we would throw. I mean, we were always throwing something, you know, and we had this big aluminum trash cans, and we would love to hear the sound <laughs> of a combination hit. Okay. So how far you know we could throw them and all that, and um, and uh, we loved to throw apples too. The little green apples, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. So yeah, that contributed to my accuracy. Right. <laughs> That's fantastic. So okay, you played every sport as a little kid, and then in high school, you really you excelled in addition to baseball, basketball, and football as well, yes. right? Was it football that you really wanted to play, or or which sport did you really want to pursue? 
Well, I always played baseball, obviously, but yeah. um, uh, I got dared to play football because, you know, growing up in Philadelphia, we always played football on the street, you know, running patterns and on somebody's lawn, behind a car, in front of a car. And uh, I was uh, dared, but you can't do that on the real field, blah, blah, blah. Oh. I was like, whatever. So I tried out for the team in uh, high school. I was scared to death. Were you really? <laughs> <laughs> because I had never been hit. Like, you going to hit me right now you know, for, oh. for practice? So it really wasn't that bad. And all of a sudden, I was like, wow, this is, this is kind of fun. And um, my father hated it. He absolutely hated me playing football. He didn't he want you getting hurt? Or yeah, what, that was yeah. his issue? He, he wasn't with the football thing. Uh-huh. And then uh, I just kept going and going and going. And then I actually fell in love with football. Yeah. Yeah. And then senior year in high school, you got injured, and that pretty much yeah. ended your football career, right? Um, pretty much. I mean, I was running like a kickoff return, and I got my ankle broken, and um, that that pretty much slowed me down a little bit. Yeah. You know, I still could have played, but it was an easier route to go baseball at right. that point. But uh, I still would have played baseball in college. Yeah. So, yeah, you know. And you played basketball. You excelled at basketball, too. You lettered yeah. in all three of these sports. Yes, I did. Yes, wow. Well, you know, come from, coming from Philadelphia, you have to know how to play basketball. So, <laughs> especially on my block. Right, right. You know, so um, I learned it. I liked it. It was fun. Um, I just, I could just jump. So that was a big plus, you know, for me. Um, but basketball was probably third. Did you find that you just had a natural athletic ability in all three of these sports, or was one more challenging than the other? Because um, it seems like, I mean, you, you lettered in all three, right? They really weren't challenging <laughs> outside, of the, of course. <laughs> outside of the basketball, because, you know, I um, had, you know, had to learn how to shoot and all this other stuff. Um, but um, it was just fun, but we played so many games on the street. Mm. You know, one, two, three, Ringo, we played tag, hide and seek. We were always doing something, moving, running, you know, Active. developing uh, uh, motor skills inside that we yeah. didn't even know that we were doing. Yeah. And it all just came up, you know, it just all fell into place. So by the time I was out there, you know, the rhythm side and, uh, and all that was there. So it made it a lot easier. That was the beauty of our era, right? Yes. We didn't even know how good we had yes. it. And you didn't even know how good you were at all yep. three of those sports. Yep. But your dad did play semi-pro baseball, yeah. so tell me how that impacted you. It, a lot. <laughs> to the, <laughs> it's funny because he was a switch hitter, and uh, he never taught me how to hit left-handed. I was like, wow, man. <laughs> so he made me a straight right-hander. Um, yeah, he was a second baseman. Um, he was pretty good. Uh, yeah, he, we talked baseball all the time. All the time. Did you really? Yeah, yeah. At a young age. Yes, yeah. yes. Even when they you go know, on the teams, we would probably spend most of our time just sitting outside in front of the house, just going over different situations and uh, fundamentals. And at that time, uh, Gene Mock had a, um, he was the manager of the Phillies. He had a, um, a, a weekly uh, newspaper article thing. And each week it was on a different part of baseball. My father would cut those out. And then you have a team meeting, and he would go over that. And we just, so a lot of times, we never even hit the field. We just would just sit there and talk and no just kidding. get the situations inside of our heads and rundowns and pickoffs, first and third defense and all this. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we learned a lot 
that way. So he was your first coach, basically, yes, right? Yes, yes. Right, and he coached you on teams uh, where you played with older players to kind of challenge <laughs> you, right? Yeah, that kind of... <laughs> I kind of didn't understand it at first because my first year, um, I didn't play one game. He, he, I sat on the bench the whole year. Daddy was teaching you a lesson. I was like, man. And um, I remember uh, I used to run and go dive in the dirt and slide and <laughs> go home dirty like, like I played. Right. Didn't play a lick. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I was about uh, 10, 11, and then my next season, he put me at shortstop. So, you know, everybody was like, oh, man, you won't even play because, you know, you're popping this baby boy, blah, 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 blah. Oh. And then uh, so I guess his plan worked because, you know, at that time I, I, I you know, I assumed that he knew that I was ready. So he threw me out there, and I, I kind of held my own. And I didn't hear any more talk about that, you know, anymore. Well, he saw something in you. He said that you were a natural leader, even at a young age. Did you even sense that at that time, that uh, you had, no. had a leadership role <laughs> no. with the older guys? No, not at all. Wow. I was just really, really quiet and, and you know, like in the background. Yeah. So under the leadership of your dad, you were gifted as a, as a hitter, a fielder, and a leader. But unfortunately, you didn't get a lot of interest from scouts when you were playing baseball. I mean, was that disapp how disappointing was that? No. <laughs> what, what happened? Oh, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. <laughs> okay, correct me. I was me. actually, um, the Phillies, I was talking to the Phillies a lot. They said they were going to draft you, yeah, right? Yeah, they, they pretty much said that they were going to draft me and, and all that. Um, they would come by the house oh. and, and so forth and so on. And then when the actual draft came, I wasn't even in the draft. So it was like 10 college kids and five high school kids. Mm. They, they put the 10 college kids in the draft and cut us out. Um, you know, uh, one of the uh, scouts had, had, had come around and came back to our house and he told us that, you know, it, it was a business thing. They felt as though they could come back a little later on and sign us off for, you know, hardly nothing. But it kind of put a bad taste in my mouth. Yeah. So I was kind of like about baseball at that time. It must have been your dream to grow up and play for the Phillies, right? Um, it was part of it because uh -huh. I was at Kymax Stadium all the time. <laughs> And it, it kind of hurt. Yeah. It hurt, you know, it, it hurt. Had to, it right? hurt. So, um, but I kept on playing, uh, you know, high school ball. And uh, I think it was the last last high school game I had, uh, Dodger Scout had come out. And, I uh, love this story. Please tell this story. He, you know, he um, tapped me on my shoulder and uh, asked me, you know, uh, was I going to go to college and all that and play, and play baseball? So I was kind of like shining them. I said, I don't know. I may do it, whatever. Right, right. <laughs> I wasn't trying to be rude, but I was kind of like, I wasn't really, I was mad. You know, I was kind of upset and hurt and all, all at the same time. Right. Nice guy, uh, Ed Liberatory. And he kept talking and talking and talking. And this is during, during the game. So I was trying to keep my focus and everything. And um, so I said, well, um, I'm gonna play a mega legion ball. And so then he put out a card and gave me his card and said, send me a, you know, one of your schedules. I said, yeah, yeah, okay, man. All right, thank you, bam. And that was it. So I then didn't- Then you just forgot about I it. I didn't think right. another thing about it. So the season's over. We hand in all of our stuff, you know, uh, I go home, whatever, you know, and then um, at some point, <laughs> I'm talking to my father. Right. 
And I go, oh yeah, dad, a Dodger scout came out and uh, you know, talked to me and he hits the roof. I go, oh, he gave me a card, too. <laughs> Wait, because Daddy didn't know. No, he didn't oh, know. Oh, Lord. You got the card from the scout, and you didn't tell I your didn't, father. I didn't even tell him. Oh, my goodness. I didn't tell him. and Because um, that's how disappointed you were. Okay? <laughs> yeah. yeah. I got it. I got it. So we, I'll go back to high school, hoping to find it, and get coached. We go back into the locker room and all that. They hadn't even done anything. It's a, a room with a pile of uniforms, just a stack of uniforms. I go through them all. <laughs> I find my um, pants. I find the uh, card. I, I take it back home. I give it to my father, and uh, he called. He calls the scout. The scout comes out to one of my American Legion games. Uh -huh. uh, that's that's how that that's how that happened. And then uh, he wanted me to to stay after, which I did. And um, he put you through drills. Put me through some drills and field at shortstop, fly balls in center field, and I was hitting and all that. And then he he offered me the contract. <laughs> That's I love this story so much because you had to run back to the school, go into your dirty <laughs> uniform. It's like a week later, right? Yes. And you yes. find the, his business card, yes, yes. which you had not told your father about. I, I didn't tell him. Oh no. my goodness! And prior to this, though, you got a zillion. Football scholarships, uh -huh. right? And some basketball scholarships. <laughs> yes. Zero baseball scholarships. Nah, didn't get one. So did that, how did that affect you? It didn't at all, because in, in my mind, I was going to play two sports. Okay. So I was going to end up playing baseball anyway. Uh, but I did plan on playing football. <laughs> I won't lie about that. Right, that, was that your number one? Uh, no, I, I don't know about number one, but I just knew that I could play baseball. I, I always played baseball. So I, I didn't look at those two the same. Oh, that's interesting. But, and then I, so I happened to fall in love with football, so it was, I don't know, it might have been newer or fresher or whatever, but I, I had a lot of fun playing football. It was it was more challenging for you. Yeah, especially after I got knocked out, so that, that changed a lot, of, that changed a whole lot. Who knocked you out? Um, I was, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I was playing one game, and I, at this time, I was just running back the punts, running back kickoffs, and I was a starting tight end. Okay. So they called an audible pass, and I catch a little looking pass across the middle. So I remember running the, you know, the, the route, and sure. I catching the ball. Right. Uh, uh oh. And, and the next thing I remember, I was um, laying on the sidelines, <gasps> looking up. <laughs> <laughs> so my coaches asked me, you know, do you know where you are? Oh, How many fingers am I holding? The whole up? protocol. And I'm going like, what? I go, what happened? <laughs> you were knocked out. And then you were like, I'll play baseball from right, this day right, forward, no. right? So these two linebackers no. hit me. Oh so my goodness. I told my coach at that very moment, I said, all right, from now on, I'm going both ways. I, there's no way I'm going to let somebody hit me like that that I can't hit them back. So during that next week, I tried out as an out, outside left linebacker, okay. and I took the starting guy's job. Okay. So now I'm going both ways, and then that's when the fun really I got you. Came in. Now I, now I could hit these guys back. So I was right. like, oh. You learned what you could do to retaliate, yeah, basically, is, this right? Is, this is pretty good. This yeah. is pretty cool. Pretty yeah. cool. Pretty cool. Yeah. yeah. But then we then we get to Ed Liberatore, who scouted you. Yes. And, you know, tell me how impactful he was in your career. Because I know, didn't you go to his car and he signed you yeah, and he gave he, you some money for equipment and, and a new suit? I want to know about your suit. Because no. <laughs> you've always been a very fly dresser. I need well, to know about your suit. We had a, um, <laughs> that was a pretty intense day because my mother is home, so she doesn't know any of this is going on. And 
her plan for me was to go to college. So I'm standing there and I'm like, oh boy, and my father wants me to sign. I go, dad, mom, mom wants me to go to college. So all this is happening like in real time. In one day. It's not like, oh, uh, I'll see you tomorrow. You know, it's right now. It's one right and, now. And um, so I'm looking at my father and I'm going back and forth. So I end up saying, okay, I'll sign. So <laughs> he, uh, <laughs> he gave me a, a, a brand new glove. Uh, what did he give me? Five hundred dollars. <laughs> like I'm. <laughs> that was big time back then. Now, that was big time. Yeah, but for, in my mind, I'm going from number one pick of the Phillies down to this. So it's kind of like, okay, fine. But um, all I wanted was a foot in the door at that point. Right. Um, and then he uh, gave me some uh, uh, money to get some clothing. And I was like, it was pretty cool. But in my mind and in my heart, I knew I had to go home. Mm -hmm. I mean, I'm going to have to face mom. Oh my goodness. And uh, how did that go? That didn't go good. Okay. <laughs> Tell me a little bit more about that. I mean, mom was happy, but you know, I could see it in her face. She really wanted me to go to college. Yeah. And uh, how, you know, why'd you guys make that decision so quick? And yeah. that kind of stuff. So we had to, you know, sit her down and tell her how it really went and how fast it happened and everything like that. And um, she always had this thing that she, she didn't, she wasn't finished raising me yet. I left home. I left home like the day after I graduated. Oh, I left. That was too soon for yeah, your mom. So I, I, I was uh, a young seventeen. Yeah. And um, so that she, must have been it, tough on yeah, her. It was tough on her. And you know we're from the same era basically. So for our parents, us getting an education was huge. Yes. yes. After what they sacrificed for us, so I know that had to be hard yes. for her. But she eventually came around, or what happened? Yeah, she came around, but you know, um, took I, a minute. I, I, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but she's mom, so she backed it up and she backed me up, and you know the love was there. So yeah, she was yeah. Al always encouraging. Yeah, always encouraging. But she always would remind me, "You love too soon. Oh, you love too soon." That was you hanging know. over you yes, for a while. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah. Yes. So how about coming out to California? Was that an issue for you? Were you a little bit reluctant about that? Because I know you had your heart set on being a Philly. And now you're coming to California, which is a whole different way of life. Tell me about well, that. Well, I, I, I had to go through the minor leagues, you yeah. know, first. And then I got called up uh, in 77 with the Dodgers. And so I really wasn't living in, in California yet. I was okay. just there for a coffee break. Okay. Um, and then from there, uh, I was picked up by the Astros, so I'll go to the Astros and all that. And um, I had a pretty good uh, first season. And, but me and the manager, we kind of, like, had a little little issue there. Oh, did so you? So I really wanted out. So, you know, I asked him to trade me and all that. Um, and at the time, it's funny because Tony Siegel uh -oh. <laughs> and Al Rosen were in Houston at this time. That's crazy. Yes, yes. So, uh one day in uh, 1981, uh, Bill Verdon called me into the office and uh, he said, you got your wish. I said, oh, okay. I go, where am I going? And then he said, San Francisco. Yeah. I was like, whoa. That, that changed my whole life that day. Yeah, How'd you that, feel about that? That was a special day. I almost fell down. I was like, what, really? I was like, oh. <laughs> because as a kid, you know, I always went to Connie Mack Stadium. Yeah. And it seems that the Giants always hit more batting practice home runs, man. So we got all kinds of souvenirs. And that's what you're looking at. Yeah, right? I'm like, man, the Giants, you know, so I was ecstatic. 
Okay, Jeffrey, if you don't mind, share with me your journey from the Astros to the Giants. Because I know that was hugely emotional for you. And there's a great story behind this as well as to how you got one of your many nicknames. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, <clears throat> wow. Okay, so the Dodgers made a trade with the Astros uh, for Joe Ferguson with uh, Raphael Landis Thor and a player to be named later. So nobody knows who this player is going to be. Okay. So in my mind at that time, I'm just, I'm just assuming I'm, I'm going to be a Dodger. Uh, I, I uh, was the minor league player of the year in, in, in 78 and all this. And so at the end of the year, Del Crandall calls us all in and, and, and he calls all the guys who got called up and he doesn't mention my name. So everybody's kind of like looking at me and everything. And I'm like, whoa, really? And he said, I don't, I don't know what to tell you, man. So I said, okay, fine. So, you know, again, I'm upset. <laughs> <laughs> so instead of going home, I go to Portland. So I'm in Portland for like... <laughs> Four or five days. Oh my goodness! I didn't call anyone, you know, and um, I just, you just laid to, low. I just laid low. Uh huh. Just chilled a little bit. <laughs> I happened to call home, and my father. Uh oh. My father goes, "Where are you?" <laughs> you didn't everybody, even reach out to your dad. Everybody's trying to find you. I go, "What do you mean? Everybody's trying to find me?" He says, "But you've been traded." I go, "Really?" And he, and he told me the Astros. I was like, "Oh wow!" And uh, you know, the Dodgers are trying to find me, and you know, and all that, and, and um. I could, you know, well, what do they want me to do? And they, want, and they wanted me to meet the Astros on the road. So I asked my father, well, where am I going? And he says, I had to go to L.A. The Astros were playing the Dodgers. And I was like, oh, wow. So, you know, I, fl I fly to L.A. And um, we play that night. Uh, so in L.A., they had these magazines that, you know, has all the minor league players and all the prospects and you know, the guys are being called up. So I had been there in 77, so now I'm still in this book. So, you know, uh, just the fact that I'm coming back after, what, six years, mm -hmm. and I'm not, uh, you know, going to be a Dodger. Mm -hmm. So I remember my, uh, the first game, my first at bat, I'm walking up to home plate, and uh, I got to stand on ovation. And of course you did. It lasted a, it lasted a pretty long time. I, wow. it, it was very, very, very emotional. Yeah. I mean, it, 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 you know, I took my helmet and everything, and wow. they, you know, they recognized, you know, my six years in the minor leagues right. and everything. And um, I don't know, then right after that, something just happened inside that <laughs> I'm going to kill the doctor. <laughs> <laughs> and we love that as Giants fans. We love that. It happened, it happened quick. I was wow. like, oh, okay. Okay, I see how it is now. Because right. of how they treated you. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. I go to the Astros, and... um. Had a pretty good first year and, you know, came in second in the rookie of the year and all that. And then the, the second year, I had an issue with uh, Bill Bill Burden. Uh, he wanted me to come off the bench again and all that. Now, I, I was like, wait a minute. I just out hit everybody there this year. Anyway, it was a it was a really, really hard time. Yeah. So he kind of stuck it to me. Wow. He really did. He really did. But uh, one of the things uh, um, we'll probably t talk about a little later that got me going for what was to happen in the future. So then um, I get traded over. He calls me in, going to the Giants. I am completely done. I'm like probably the happiest I have been actually. And um, <laughs> so it was a two for one deal. Okay. So it was Bill Bergman, Dave, Dave, Bergman, Dave Bergman and myself. Okay. 
for Mike Ivey. Okay. So I'm all ready to go to the big leagues. And right. Bill, and Bill Burton goes, oh, and by the way, um, they only have room for one of you guys. And you still have an option. So they had to take Dave. I go, what does that mean? Uh -oh. He goes, you're going to Phoenix. Oh, my gosh. So now your dreams are shattered again. So I've, I've only had like almost three years in big leagues. So yeah. I go down to Phoenix with the Firebirds. Oh, you know I was upset. <laughs> 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 but, you know, I ended up meeting Chili and Brindley and all these guys. Yeah. That's how I met them. Yeah. So I come into the clubhouse, and uh, that's how my that's how it started. Before I got to San Francisco, I okay. went to Phoenix first. Okay. And then, wouldn't you know it, they go on strike. <laughs> so now I still have to wait, but um, that's how that happened. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Okay, we have to talk about minor leagues in 1981 when the Hackman nickname when that handle came up. Wasn't that Max Venable, a couple of your teammates? Please tell me how that happened. Because you have you have some wonderful nicknames, but that's the one I think we all associate with you the, the most, so we kind of credit Max Venable with that. Tell me about that. Oh, wow. <laughs> made me sound bad. No, um, not at all. I, uh, when I came to Phoenix, I was upset, so I met with the manager, Rocky, Rocky Bridges, nice guy, really nice guy. And um, I go, Rocky, you know, right now, man, I'm not taking infield. I'm not taking batting practice. I'm not doing anything but getting dressed, coming to the game, play the game, and go back to, to the hotel. You were angry. And he says, that's fine. That's fine. <laughs> Whatever you want to do. I go, okay. So I come, you know, I started playing. And at first, I, I wasn't even thinking about it. But three or four games had gone by. And I had swung at the first pitch every time. Every up. time, yes. So... <laughs> 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 I hadn't been coming to batting practice, so one day I show up, and everybody's like, whoa. And um, Max Venable and Guy Sulars, we know we're standing around talking, man. <laughs> and I said, I'm going up to the plate every time. The rest of the time I'm here, I'm swinging at the first pitch, and whatever <laughs> happens, happens. And Max says, man, you always hacking, man. And Sulars <laughs> said, man, you, yeah, you always hacking. That's, that, that was it. Right. Up until that point, you know, I didn't have that name. So um, <laughs> right after the strike, they call me up. So I go up, and about a month or so, you know, after that, they call those guys up. So they brought that nickname with them. Mm -hmm. So they come into the clubhouse, and they calling me Hackman and all this. <laughs> so I thought it was funny. Right. And um, it, it, it stuck. Yes, it stuck. It, it, it actually stuck. But, but initially, you didn't like it was that it was spelled H-A-C-K. Yeah, once I... <laughs> took it on, you know, they had the little game out, Pac-Man, and I, I thought it was cool, you know, P-A-C, bam, M-A-N. I said, yeah, so um, I'm going to spell hack, H-A-C, yeah. M-A-N. Yeah. That's how that happened. Yeah. So, so, Jeffrey, as I'm hearing from you, you played with a little chip on your shoulder <laughs> <laughs> from time to time. Just a little bit. Just a little bit, but do you kind of credit your dad with helping you develop your on-field demeanor because you were super intimidating. <laughs> and, and I read that you said you would just come to the field teed off, that baseball is war, and you came out there just angry. Tell me about that, and where did all that anger come <laughs> from? <laughs> um, actually, uh, when, I, when I played football, we would be driving to the, um, you know, to the uh, visiting team's uh, field, and some point of that drive, my football coach would always say, okay, it's quiet time right now. Mm. We're like, quiet time? <laughs> right. 
But what that what what he meant was take this time right now, get yourself ready, get mentally ready, focus and, and, and focus and prepared for what's going to happen. So I kind of took that, you know, coupled with the lessons my father had taught me. Right. So when I played in the minor leagues, it was the same thing. You know, I I had just as much fun as anybody. I mean, I was a jokester too, but well, we didn't know that. I, <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point. You know, everybody knew not to mess with me. You know, I'm in that zone or whatever you want to call it. Right. And I was getting my game face on, and um, that's that's basically how that happened. Yeah. So you yeah. just hit the field just angry, and it, it worked to your advantage. Well, you know, there were a couple times I, I had gotten up early in the ball game. I remember one time in particular, it was the bases were loaded, and I struck out. Mm. And when I struck out, it took me to another level mentally and emotionally and now I'm ready to play so it took me striking out with the race loaded to get me there and I said wait a second I need to start the game like that Got I, need, you. I need to I need to go into the game with that frame of mind break that into my pregame routine get ready for war Got so you. that's what I would do and especially in counseling I would go down to the 49ers locker room with my headphones on just walking around, yeah, 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 <laughs> trying try to get myself up. Like your but, football mentality. Yeah, exactly. yeah. Prior to that, I'm on the field joking around, playing around with Kuko and Kype and all those guys all the time. But uh, they knew when they saw me with my headphones on, done. Stay away. Stay away. Stay, Stay away. away. Yeah. Well, now, when you came to the Giants, you actually you struggled early on. How, how frustrating was that for you? I mean, when you were on fire, you were on fire, but when you weren't, you really struggled. How frustrating was that for you? <laughs> or was it? I don't remember. Uh-oh, here we go. I don't remember. <laughs> when I came to the Giants, uh, Frank Robinson was the manager, and uh, he, we had a lot of outfielders. I mean, it was a bunch of us. It must have been like eight or nine guys in wow. there. Uh, Max, Chili, I mean, uh, Larry Hearn. I mean, all these guys were in there. Jack Clark. And he goes, okay, this is how we're going to do it. I'm going to put three guys out there. Whoever has the worst game oh. is not playing the next night. Oh, okay, that fired you up. So we're all sitting around like, okay. So it was on. So it's like a little competition thing. So uh, we go through the whole meeting. So then right at the end, I go, Frank, I go, I, I have a question. And he goes, uh. What do you have? I go, um, well, let's say the two other outfielders were three for four. And I came up and I hit the game winning home run. Who's going to sit? <laughs> <laughs> Frank, Frank, what did he say? <laughs> ran us all out of the room. I was like, I, I, I thought it was a, a real good question. I thought so I too. To know. Yeah, right. But uh, that's how it started. And then, um, you know, because I was coming there after playing in the Astrodome, so now I got to deal with Candlestick. Oh, my gosh. So prior to prior to this happening, well, obviously, I was one of the guys that wanted to come in there and get out of there. <laughs> so, <laughs> right, right. So now it's my home. Um, uh, so I had to deal, you know, learn how to play that outfield, yeah. learn how to play the wind yeah. and all that. Because I, I remember actually diving for a ball. And I, I just assumed that I'm going to catch this. And I missed that ball by five feet. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> ball just kept going. <laughs> I remember Lowell Cohn wrote a little article, man. And oh, I, the great I, Lowell Cohn. I, I cut that um, out. You did. And taped it in my locker. Because I, in my mind, I was a pretty good outfielder. So right. 
and I was looking like a you know a rookie out here. And you did not like that. And no, I didn't like no. that. So I, I I told Lil Lil Coleman, in just a little while, I'm gonna take you in, in my in my locker and you're gonna take it down. I'm gonna prove to you that I can play the outfield here. I love that. You gave yourself your own bulletin board material. Oh, for sure. Right? For sure. Right? Yeah. It's heck of windy today, which is reminding me of Candlestick. <laughs> but really, talk about the challenges of playing there. Tremendous challenges. Oh, my goodness. Uh, you, you had to constantly always check the grass, throw the grass in the, um, in the air to see how it was blowing. And a lot of times, the wind might be blowing stronger, a little higher than it would be lower, or vice versa. Um, I mean, the dust. Hot dog wrappers, <laughs> all that. But it it took you to another place mentally. Yeah. So it made me stronger, and it made all of us stronger at that point. You know, especially when Roger Craig came, it was a whole different game. Tell me about the difference between, if there is even, playing for Frank Robinson and playing for home baby Roger Craig. <laughs> <laughs> was there a difference? It was a huge difference. Was there a huge difference? Frank Robinson was really, uh, he was he was a tough guy. Yeah. But I, I, it didn't bother me. I, I, I liked it. You know, he, what we had, you know, our relationship was cool, you know, the way he talked and everything. So I, but I, at the same time, I understood how it might have been a little harsh on, on some of the other um, players. But for me, uh, it, it uh, worked. So it's kind of, so I was. Um, well, you already learned from your dad how yeah. to be like hardcore and, <laughs> and face that adversity. Your dad instilled that in you already. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. And hum baby Roger Craig had your back. Yeah, he was a whole different thing. Yeah. Um, you know, Frank was straightforward, straight up, in your face. Here it is. Roger comes in. <laughs> wow. I remember that. Um, so Roger comes in. <laughs> Al Rosen's there. So now, now I'm in the same situation now. Al Rosen is here now. He just traded me from Houston. So I'm going like, oh, okay. So uh, they, they, they want to introduce Roger to the team. So uh, Roger comes in. <laughs> and he just went head first. He went, um, no, this is going to change. This is going to change. That's going to change. Anybody, does it, if anybody doesn't want to be here, raise your hands right now. Oh. And we were like, whoa, he was rolling. <laughs> I was like, wow, okay. So he's going on and on and on. And it was a really, really good, good first meeting. Right. Until he got to the end of it. Uh-oh. So, <laughs> so at the time, if you remember, you know, you could wear the high stirrups and the high pants, kind of like Vita Blue and all that. Absolutely. Roger Craig gets right to the end of his speech, and he goes, another thing, you're going to start wearing the uniforms correctly. Oh. We're going to show black part of our socks. So all the heads go like, whoosh. We all look over at Vita. We go, what are you going to do, V? What are you right. going to do, V? It was off, off the hook. That's funny. hilarious. So, you know, I thought I was in the clear. You know, it's all good. So I'm standing up at, at my locker. And Roger goes, oh, and one more thing. We're going to wear our hats the right way. Mm -mm. So at this time, you know, I was known for wearing my hat backwards mm -hmm. during practice. He and, did not and like that. that. So Roger goes, <laughs> so, so then all the heads go, boom. Looking at they you. They all look at me. Right. <laughs> so I'm just standing there going like, you're going to be good. <laughs> and uh, so 
So I, 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 I didn't say a word. So uh, Al Rosen brings Roger around to each of us individually, and he meets us all, comes around, comes around, comes around, comes around, and he gets to my locker. And he goes, you know, I know who you are, you know, and uh, I have, you know, great respect for you, and, you know, how, you know, best, you know, best left fielder in the league and all this kind of stuff. And I'm going, okay, he's, he's going somewhere with this. Right. He goes, as a matter of fact, my daughter just last night told me, Dad, you can't make him do that because he's known for that. And I go, excuse me? <laughs> he goes, I, he, he said, I just want you to know that this was a hard decision. Oh. <laughs> and I'll go like, oh, okay. Well, that, that made it a little bit better. So, so he let it be. So now it's time to go out on the field. Okay, okay. So my coach's dad comes up to me and go, Jeffrey, what are you going to do, man? What are you going to do? I go, I, I, don't, I don't know yet, man. I don't know that. So everybody's running out. They're going on the field. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. I'm waiting. So I was the last one to come out. <laughs> So everybody wait for me to come out of that tunnel. <laughs> so I came to the I came to the edge of the tunnel. I still had it on backwards. Uh -huh. And then when I got on the stair, you know, the steps, I turned it around. And that basically was letting them know that, you know, I was on board. I'm gonna I be a team gonna, player oh, right for now. Sure, yeah. For sure. But in the meeting, you know, he brought up candlestick. We're gonna turn it around, we're gonna make this our home. But we have to first love it. We have to get it in get on board and get get it, just grab it and, and embrace it. That changed everybody's head, wow. changed the whole landscape of the whole thing. Uh, it, it, it really hit home that, you know, because I, I, I was one of the guys who used to say, man, let's play these three games and go, man, let's get out of here. But we flipped it. So we already knew guys and teams that would come in wanted to leave. So let's 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 put them on them. Right, it's but our house, so we're gonna show house. you how it we play here. But he made it a big point to make sure that we had to fall in love with our own house. Wow! So he really changed the culture. Yes, when he, he came. did. He changed. Yeah. He changed yeah. the culture. He changed. He changed. Let me just ask you about Frank Robinson. Do you think he was so hardcore because he made history, and he was the first? Do you, did that seem to resonate at all for you? Um, I, I didn't think he was that bad. Okay. So. You know, I would hear I would hear some of my teammates, you know, talk about it, and um, you know, he wanted Jack Clark to be a leader, uh, but Jack wasn't wasn't like a verbal guy. Mm -hmm. He's more by what he would do, right? You know, and how he would excite you, you right? Know, right. Late in the home run or something like that. But he wanted more, I, you know, coming from a guy like Frank Roberts who had who had done it all. You know, who knows what he could see in you. You could see things inside you that you didn't even know you you know you had yourself. So that's why I looked at him. But um, he was he was straightforward. So right. maybe the straightforwardness was a little bit too uh, too hard. Y'all weren't really used to that, but yeah. he, he probably felt a lot of pressure. I would imagine, yeah. though, you know, you know. But you 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 thrived under under Roger Craig, and he said that you were a natural leader. And he he brought in the youth movement with uh, Will Clark and Robbie Thompson, and he <laughs> specifically told you veterans, "I need you to take care of these kids." Right? Yeah. Yes, he did. Right? Yes, he did. And Will Clark said you were a tremendous mentor to the young people, and that goes back to your dad teaching you to kind of be a natural-born leader. Tell, tell me about you, you know, how did you mentor and teach the young players? And did you kind of embrace that role? Um, I didn't think it was a role. I was just something You were just doing what you like do. You said, I was doing what I do. Right. Um, I learned, obviously, the foundation from my father and all that. When I went to Los Angeles, um, 
they were pretty good guys over there. So, so they kind of took me through the ropes. Junior Gilliam, Moy mm. Wills, Dusty oh, Baker, Reggie man. Smith, yes. Garvey, all these guys. Yes. They really, you know, taught us how to act in the, in the big leagues. And, and I just took, and so now I had some other place to grab something from. Gotcha. So I grabbed my lessons from how they treated me. Yeah. And um, all that. So when I had my chance, you know, I remember Robbie Thompson in spring training. Oh, good. Oh, I'm excited for this story. <laughs> Tell me. Uh, well, um, so we're in spring training, and uh, I, I, I don't remember everything, but um, Brad Wellman was slated to be the starter. And uh, he was a pretty good infield himself. And uh, uh, we had an, another young kid named uh, Woodard. He's, he's going to be the backup. Okay. So Brad, at the time, he's having a really good spring training. And he's, he, he must be hitting close to 400. Wow. And uh, he gets hurt. And they call over to the minor league camp. Yo, send somebody over here. Here comes Robbie Thompson, the way I remember it. <laughs> so we just, you know, we said, oh, yeah, another little, you know, guy. And, man, we watched him take infield. Uh-oh. And we saw him... And then all of a sudden, Roger put him in the game. And I was like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, boy. He was like, he caught everybody's eye off the bat. I mean, straight up. Wow. I remember at least twice I went in, into the trainer's room. And I said, Brad, <laughs> you, you better get back on the Uh-oh. field. <laughs> that's how good Robbie was. Yeah. But anyway, that's that's what I remember him, man. And he, you know, he, he would ask, like, well, do you think I'm, I'm going to make the team? I go, Man, you better, you better get you an apartment already. You know, with all that, you definitely gone. Wow. So anyway, that's my fun part with him. Will was cool too, you know. He, uh, but Will had, Will had swag. He, oh yes. He came in with swag. Oh yeah, yeah. He yes. came in with swag. Yes. He wasn't like Robbie. Robbie's like more reserved and stayed back, very, very quiet. Will was kind of quiet, but Will, Will knew he, you know, he belonged. Right. And that was kind of cool. Um, so that's that's how that little dynamic went. But you know, they would talk about different pitchers and <clears throat> uh, uh, different uh, idiosyncrasies and, and and how they would pitch you and what to look for in different situations and, that and so forth and so on. And uh, so you know, I would always, if I could answer you, you know, I would answer them. Yeah. You know? um, but the main thing I you know I told them both um, was, you a second baseman, you a first baseman. I'm an outfielder. I go, we could have fun just knowing our positions, but we could have way more fun if we learn the whole game. Oh, my goodness. So learn everybody's position, where so-and-so is supposed to be, what a pitcher should be doing. So you will always have a conversation. You always have something to say. You know, uh, if you're going to be a leader or a role model, especially in baseball, on the field, how can I go up to a second baseman and say anything to him if I don't know how second basements are supposed to function. But, you know, at that time, you know, because of my father, yeah, I, I knew the whole game. You know, um, I'm sorry that we bypassed that story because it, it was a pretty good one because um, going back in the minor leagues, <laughs> I remember I learned all the cutoffs and relays. Okay. I'm feeling on top of, of the world. Yes. I call home. <laughs> Pops was on the other line. I said, Dad, I know all the cutoffs and relays. I got it all down. And I got no response. Nothing. I go, hello? He goes, I'm here. <laughs> I go, oh, okay. He, he goes, let me ask you something. 
I go, yeah. He goes, well, where's the third baseman go? Where does the shortstop go? Do you have a double cut? What's the right fielder doing? And I was like, oh, you got to be kidding me. <laughs> and so in other words, he was telling me, you go back, read that book again, right. and learn everybody's position, learn the whole game. Right. That's where I got that from. Right. And that, that stuck all the way through. I, you know, I, I thought I was like, yeah. Yeah, but no. Daddy told no. you. Daddy checked no. you. Daddy, yeah, he checked me straight up. But then it, later in, in your yes. career, it served you well. Yes. You and through. your teammates. Yes. That's amazing. So through. Daddy's lessons were always there. Yes. Yeah, yes. yeah. Let's talk about the 1984 season. That was a monster season for you. At one point, you were hitting 484, which is ridiculous. 21 home runs, 86 RBIs. 1984, do you remember what had you so locked in that year? Well, I changed a lot of stuff, you know, in my batting stance. And, and I changed a lot of stuff in my mind as well. Mm. But, you know. Because the it, game is, it, is it was, as much yeah. mental as it is physical. Yes, it is. Let's be clear, yes, right? Was. You know, I got tired of people saying, well, you know, you don't hit the ball out of the ballpark and, you know, stuff and so on. And I really took that to heart. And then at the time, uh, I was real close to Jack Clark. And uh, uh, prior to, you know, he he, he inter introduced me to his agent and all, and all that. Mm -hmm. and, we be and, we, and we became friends. And uh, we just talked a lot about going to the next level, going to the next level. And I, I just worked hard. I learned how to drive the ball and stay through the ball. So that that made a big difference. So then once I did it the first time, you know, of course, everybody's going to say, well, can you hit 20 again or yeah. and all that? So yeah. that put the um, chip on my shoulder again. Yeah, yeah. And then the following season, you know, your average dropped. And that was the year that the Giants lost 100 games. How <laughs> tough – talk to me about – I mean, how Oof. did you – were you able to keep yourself motivated, your teammates motivated? How tough was that? That was real tough. I can't imagine. And, and uh, that was, yeah. Um, but I, I can say this: we never thought that we would lose 100 games. We were saying, like, as a matter of fact, no way. Right. And it kept getting closer and closer. And um, it was amazing that you know the little bit of fans that came out. They were so supportive. I mean, like four or five thousand people, and uh, diehards. We, we had man. all kind of meetings yeah. and everything, and like, man, it was really, really hard. But you know, as a team, we just we just kept confident. We kept we tried to stay positive and all that. Um, but there's a lot of pressure, a lot of weight on us, and all yeah. that. Who wants to lose a hundred games? And we didn't feel that we had a team that bad. Right. But um. Uh, of course, it happened, but um, we—I think we became a little bit closer. We spent more time—we spent more time in the clubhouse talking to one another and like like the old days. Yeah, I would imagine that you could go either way on that. You guys either yeah. become closer, or you guys break apart. Yeah. So it brought you all we, team chemistry we, probably we developed yes. even more so. Oh, for sure. Oh yeah. Oh, for sure. That's great. We be, especially the guys that stayed. For the following year, yeah. and then the rest of it was history. You know? yeah. But uh, that particular season right there was a tough one. I mean, but we learned a lot. We grew a lot. We came closer. Uh, we appreciated the game more. Mm. We appreciated the fans more. I mean, a lot of stuff changed that year. So it it was a lot of good that came out of that. Yeah. But, it you probably know, humbled you all as well, oh, right? Oh, for sure. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. So tell me about the following season. 
what the mindset was and how everything changed in 86. Well, you know, Roger, you know, <laughs> 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 Roger's always pretty much didn't change that. But, uh, yeah, everybody was on the same, same note, same, same uh, mindset. We were all happy. We, were, we had a great spring and uh, everything was, was coming together. Uh, we're just missing a few, a few pieces. Yeah. But um, the atmosphere had changed. You could just feel it. Yeah. It was like, wow. And we didn't, even, we didn't even really think about we just lost 100 games. We knew it, but those of us who stayed, you know, who were still here, um, You guys had changed. already bonded yes. and knew that you needed to improve from that. Yes. And, and Roger Craig said that that following season, he, he praised you so much as a natural-born leader and spoke so much of, about how the younger players really looked up to you. Did he talk to you about that, or did you know he felt that way about you? Yeah, he did. He, you know... Um, a lot of times, well, I I would play hurt, so that's just the way I was raised. I I came up. He said you would play with a broken leg if yeah. you had to. That's what Roger Craig said about you, Jeffrey Leonard. Yeah. <laughs> Roger Roger was a great motivator. He had a huge impact on you. Yeah, yeah, yes, he did. Yeah, he was a he was a strategist. He was a great motivator. I mean. There was a lot of times where I didn't have to go down to the 49er room. I just I would stay up there because he didn't have a little meeting or something. But um, you know, he was he, he's he had a watchful eye, so I didn't know that he was even looking at me doing certain things or saying certain things and all this. That and, was the beauty of him, right? And, yes. And yeah. I, I um, it really hit my heart one day. Uh, um, I was hurt, and he came in. He called me. In, into the office and he goes, listen, he says, uh, I know you're hurting all that. He said, but I, I need for you to go out there. And I was like, fine, you know. He says, if you go out there, they're going to see you go out there. Huh? You're going to raise their expectations of them of themselves. And and so I was like, okay, you know, but I was going to play anyway, but he called me in the office <laughs> and he said that and it touched my heart. And at the time, I didn't tell him, but uh, I, was, I was very... Very, I, I was very touched, and so I started that game hurt, and it, it, I don't know, it, it, um, that was partly who I was, right. but the point that he saw me like that, him sharing that with yes, you had an impact, me like that yeah, and, and doing that meant a lot to me, he, meant, a, he, meant a whole lot, and you meant a lot to him because he actually compared your character to that of Jackie Robinson. Whoa. I didn't know that. He said that about <laughs> wow. you. So um, let that resonate wow. for a minute, okay? What do you think about that? Wow. That's how highly he thought of you, Jeffrey Leonard. He compared wow. you to the great Jackie Robinson. That's unbelievable. Right? <laughs> right? He had a wow. lot of faith in you, and you guys had a great relationship. Yes, we did. Yeah, yes, that's did. amazing. Yes. You had relationships. With, you had some amazing teammates. I just want to go through uh, some of them and get your get your feedback. How about Bob Brindley? Bob Brindley said, if Jeffrey didn't cuss at you, he didn't like you. Wait a minute. Okay. Basically, that you know. That like him. Right? That sounds like both. Basically, if you weren't on them, then you didn't have anything to do with them. So tell me about Bob Brindley. Brindley was, <laughs> I, I love Brindley. Brindley was, uh, he was a good ball player, obviously. He was a, he was a great catcher. Tough as tough as nails. Tough as nails. I mean, he could uh, he could actually beat up a trash can better than a whole lot of guys. What, man. Bob Brindley? <laughs> oh my goodness! That's fantastic. He go in the hallway with his bat, bam, bam. Oh, Bobby's back there. <laughs> 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 but no, he was a great, 
great teammate. Yeah. Great, oh, my, yeah. my, my, my. my. Yes. Oh, my goodness. He, he was cool. He was cool. I mean, it's baseball. There's a lot of cursing going on or whatever. You really? know. I mean, you know, people are talking <laughs> mess, but I might have gone overboard a few times. Might but. you have. <laughs> okay. You're right, right. How about Vita? Tell me about Vida Blue. Boy. Yeah, Vida was great. He, he was also good. had a lot of swag himself, Vida, right? Yeah, Vida had super swag, <laughs> super swag. Vida, yeah, he was cool. He was, a, a, again, another great teammate, mm -hmm. a lot of fun. Um, we used to laugh about the times I faced him and all that, but uh, just playing <laughs> with him. Yeah. You know, you start watching guys and start to you, know, you start to watch their work ethic. And you compare it to yourself, and you always can find something to take. Oh, okay. That's how you did that. Um, let me let me let me take that a little bit. Let me take that. Vida Blue was one of those kind of guys, man. Yeah. So you know, he 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 the he commanded respect. Yeah. It 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 just it, it was just there. You know, yeah. He, he His presence. Room, yeah. Sure. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. How about Dave Dravecki? Dave Dravecki. <laughs> <laughs> Double D. Double D. Yeah, he was cool. When they came over, uh, you know, everybody's like, oh man, because um. Uh, a good friend of mine, Chris Brown, had gotten traded in that mix, so right. I was kind of like, "Oh, with oh, Becky and Kevin yeah. Mitchell, yeah, and uh, and and Greg Lefferts right. and those guys." And um, at the time, there was a lot of talk about um, you know uh, uh, Bibles and, and and all this and 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 being church guys and all that. Mm. You know, I don't know where it started or anything like mm. that. But it didn't mean anything to me because you know uh, 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 my own beliefs. So they come over. And we meet them, and I mean, it didn't take it didn't take them long at all. I mean, maybe maybe a game, two, uh, and it felt like they had been there. Wow. The whole time. Right. And then Dave is such a dynamic guy himself. Right. Friendly and and as real as you're gonna get. So it was like, bam. Right. They. I mean, I gotta tip my hat to Roger and you know and Al Rosen because they. They couldn't have picked three players to bring on their team that that could mesh that quickly, like and became part of that family. I mean, like almost, you know, immediately. Yeah. But he was he was a great competitor. Yeah. He was hard to hit off of first of all, and then it was good that you know he's on our team now, so that I I didn't have to face him. But uh, great teammate. Yeah. That was also again the genius of Roger Craig because when I talked to Dave Dravecki. He told me how Roger Craig brought the three of them in and said, you are the three missing pieces of our puzzle. So he embraced them immediately and had them feel comfortable and let them know that we, we want you here. Because he said they were devastated to get traded from San Diego. But that was the beauty of Roger Craig. He was like, <laughs> you're, you're the missing parts. Yep. We need you and we want you. And so that's probably why they fit so seamlessly, right? Yes, yes. Home baby. Home baby all the way. <laughs> Home baby. Home baby. <laughs> Home baby. Okay, let's talk about Matt Williams. Maddie. Talk about Maddie. Maddie actually, I think he came up and then he and then they sent them back. Okay. Um, again, great, young, and um, I really didn't know what position he had signed as. Mm. So one day we we're on the field and we just messing around and he goes he goes over to shortstop. I go, man, you can't put no dad on a shortstop. <laughs> and he's over there just picking it. Just, I mean, looking like like, ooh. And then it, then I, the joke was on me because he signed as a shortstop. Right. So I was like, oh my God. He was he he, he was off the hook. Yeah. Um again, 
quiet, reserved, just taking everything in, you know, very knowledgeable, you know, very, very high baseball IQ. Let his play speak for itself, yep, like yep, you. Yep. Yep. He, worked, he worked hard, real hard. Wow. Great work ethic, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then the rest is history. The rest he, is history. He turned into a serious beast. Yeah, so, <laughs> he did. Yes, he did. And yes, still one did. of our most beloved yes. Giants of all time, as yes. are you, as are Kruk and Kipe, our beloved uh. broadcasters, also <laughs> your teammates. Mike Kruko said he would go to war with you any day. He said it would it would take a minute to kind of get through that rough exterior <laughs> and get to know you. But once you did, you were loyal, you were faithful, and he said he would go to battle any day with you. Tell me about Kruk and Kite. I feel the same way. Oh. Uh, he's my main guy. Uh, I liked him a lot, man, actually. We had a little signs going in the outfield, like, you know, I would like, if he saw me, like, throw some grass up, he knew the wind was blowing out, so he would stay away. Or if, if, if he saw me just standing there, he knew that he could throw the ball inside. So we had like like little signs and all that. But my, um, probably the biggest asset that I thought he had was, was the fact that he was a workhorse. Hmm. He would, it seemed though he would always would take us into the sixth or the seventh inning. And either we're winning by one, tied or losing by one, we were always in the ball game when Kruko was pitching. Uh, so I, I definitely, I really admire that yeah. about him. So I try to take a little, a little bit of that. I go, okay, because he, he, he always took the ball. Yeah. And he was a, he was a hardcore competitor. Yeah. You know, I mean, outside of the fact that you know him and Kuiper was so. Whew, okay. Anyway, <laughs> so Kuiper. Tell me Kuiper, more. Kuiper was a slick fielding uh, little second baseman, man. I liked him too. Yeah. Always encouraging. Yeah. Oh yeah, he's one of the best bunners I've ever seen. Nice. Uh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. He always had encouraging words. Yeah. Always was there for you, but you also knew, like when you came into the dugout, and if Kuko wasn't pitching and Kuiper wasn't playing, I'm not gonna sit anywhere near them. Cause, Cause something's going on. <laughs> oh, okay, that's good to know. Something's going on. I said, way over there. <laughs> because I knew if I sit over there, you know, something's going to happen. I'll yeah. lose my focus. I'll, I'll start thinking about some, you know, something that they said or somebody's shoestrings on fire or anything like that. You know, they 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 had all the pranks going. Right. You know, yeah. So yeah. they were already quite the duo then. Oh yes, they were. Yeah, yes, that's they great. Were. Oh, for sure. That's great. For sure. So it probably doesn't surprise you the chemistry that they have in no, the booth right now. Not at all. Yeah. Not, not at all. It was, it was, it's it's all natural and it's all real. Yeah, it's all real. They act just like that. That's hilarious. When they play. That's hilarious. And he he always says, "Have a sweet meat." And all that, he, that was way back then. He was really? all the time, man. He was meeting everybody. <laughs> everybody was meet. Everybody was meet. Oh my God, that's amazing. There's a lot of lightning in the bottle team chemistry there with y'all yeah. then. Yeah. All right, we have to get to 1987, the NLCS against the Cardinals, a seven-game series, arguably one of the best postseasons ever by you, Mr. Jeffrey Leonard. That was the Jeffrey Leonard show. Um, Ten hits, four home runs. 5 RBI, 417 batting average, 917 slugging percentage. What was going on with you? <laughs> what in the world? As my daddy, my late father would have said, you were unconscious. <laughs> unconscious. Unconscious. Oh, wow. Um, I had gone to the uh, championship series with Houston against Philadelphia in uh, 81. Uh, no, 80. Against and, your hometown uh, Phillies. Yeah. Yeah. And, 
since I had that thing going on with uh, Bill Verdon, he kind of stuck it to me and didn't play me. Mm. And it crushed me. And I, I, I can clearly remember telling myself, you know, if I ever get in, in a situation like this again, I'm going to be playing and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to take full advantage of it. You know, not knowing that was going to happen. Yeah. But that's what I told myself then. So we go to 87. Um, going into that series, uh, I was in a slump. And, uh, you know, for me, the season and the postseason is different. Okay. And um, Tell me about that a little bit more. Yeah, well, you know. You take it up a notch in the post? You have to take it up a notch. Got you. So, the way I remember it, <laughs> I wasn't in the starting lineup. Okay. Oh, okay. And we were in St. Louis. And I saw the lineup on the, on the, on the wall. I love this story. So, I just. Snatched tore, it. Tore the, the lineup card down. Right. And I, 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 I had come to the ballpark with Chili Davis. So, we coming together. And uh, I said, Chili, I'm going in there. He goes, man, really? I go, yeah, I'm going in there. Going in there means going to talk to Roger Craig, which getting him to change his mind is really is like really, really rare. That was challenging, right? Yes. But I went in that room and I, I closed that door and um I I really told him how I felt, you know. I pleaded with him. I said, I have to <laughs> You pleaded your case. I yeah, I pleaded my case. Yeah. And um he said, okay. He said, okay. And um, I guess the rest is history. So when I came out, I said, Chili, <laughs> you, you going to go in? Because he wasn't in the lineup either. He goes, oh, no, I'm not going to. <laughs> he was like, you can't duplicate what you did. Only, only one time it'll like, happen. Oh, my God, it was funny. Wow. Man. wow. So um, uh, I don't know. I, I, I was somewhere else. You know, if I could go back in time, you know, I probably would have had a team meeting or something and, and, and tried to explain to, you know, to my teammates, how I was really feeling. Yeah, it was. I was. I don't know. I just, something was inside of me. I was just yeah. driven. Yeah. And um, I didn't even care about anything. We're gonna get this done. Yeah. Um. So um, that's how it went. And then uh, I got uh, uh, mad about something and you know, how far up our fans were sitting. And I don't know. I said, well, if, if I happen to hit a home run t today, I'm gonna take my Sweet ass, <laughs> sweet, sweet time. Oh, bleep that. Go to, go to Rocky's basis. <laughs> and you did. And, and one flap down was born. No, it wasn't born then. Okay, no, it, it was close then. to being born. No, uh, uh, well, basically, we, we had to go back a year. Okay. 86, Roger Kerr gives me a day off against the Cubs, uh -oh. and it's against, who's pitching? Uh, Scott Sanderson's pitching. I go, Roger. You want to be in there. You're going to give me an off day. It's got to be against Nolan Ryan or somebody. Right. You're going to sit me down for this? Right. So anyway, he calls me in to pitch hit in the sixth or seventh inning. Jose Uribe's on base and Robbie Thompson's on base. Okay. And he hangs the curveball, and I hit a three-run homer. <laughs> so I'm jogging down the first. And Jose Morales is the first base coach. Oh, yeah. And normally he's there with his little high five. He messed with you. He messed with me. So he's, he's just sitting back, <laughs> bop, 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 bop. So I'm getting closer to, to the bag. So I got right to the bag. And I hit the corner, and he throws his hand up. So I leaned over like that to hit his hand, and this arm falls down. I just jog around the field, just like that, all the way around. But with if that you arm saw, down. If you saw 
the actual film. Yeah. When I got the home plate, I gave everybody, you know, high. But nobody was paying high, attention high, to that. High five. Right. right. So the next day, I come out, <laughs> Ryan Sandberg and Thad Bosley, hey, how's your arm? How's your arm? And I'm going like, huh? <laughs> what? Oh, oh, no, oh, no, nothing. You know, there's nothing wrong. That was it. Because you had no, forgotten no, about that by what then. Even, what do you think about it? Yeah. Nobody said a word. That's hilarious. We go into 87 in spring training. I'm sitting around the clubhouse, and Kenny Malalama goes, hey, Hack, remember that time you hit that home run and you, you know, did a little thing? I go, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. If I hit one that day, I'll do it. So we're in Scottsdale. Uh -huh. Bam, I hit it, and I do it. Here comes Al Rosen. He uh -oh. comes flying downstairs. <laughs> what are you doing? <laughs> You're going to get hurt. You're going to get hit. I go, Roger, I'm not, I'm, I mean, uh, Al, I'm not afraid of anything, you know, any of that. It was just fun. You, know, the, the, you were having fun. The guy right. was having fun. Maybe a couple of weeks later, it comes up again. I'll do it again. This is all in spring training. Okay. And that was it. Okay. Season starts. I'm not even thinking about this thing. Right. It, it has no bearing on anything. And then we go to St. Louis. And, um, I don't know. Those fans? <laughs> so when I came around. They were merciless on you. When I saw the reaction, the, the fans were, I was like, whoa. Because you said, said you couldn't even get to second base and they oh, were already on man, you. They were lighting me up, man. I go, okay, well, it's on now. If I, <laughs> if I hit another one, I'm, I'm going to sure do something worse. So that's how it started. Um, it started in 86, and then I carried it, you know, over in, into that series. And then, um. It was just named by uh, uh, Joe Garagiola. Yeah. Yeah. He, he, um, he was broadcasting it, and that's what he said. Well, he, he, he did the interview with me, Yeah. He, he goes, well, what do you call that? I go, what do you call what? Because you're still what do you not, call what? you're not knowing that you're I mean, doing this. I about this thing. He goes, well, what do you call it the, the arm thing? <laughs> I go, Matt, I don't call it anything. He said, well, flap down, one flap down. I go, you want to roll with that? That's fine. You know, and then, so then it just stuck. Yeah, yeah. But the Cardinals did not like it, and you got hit. Was it game three that the pitcher hit you in the back? Oh. Let me see. That because was you were, like, just hitting home run after home run after home run. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? Game, like, I think four consecutive. Game, and that pitcher was like, oh, no, I'm getting you in the back. <laughs> Force. Right? Yes. It's all in the game. You yeah. know, it, it was all in the game. Um, I expected to get hit. Um, you I knew that was coming. I, I didn't know when, but I knew I was. Right. You know, they had to do something. Right. You know, but because uh, you were killing, you were crushing yeah. them. And then they poured all the beer on me in St. Louis. I'm like, come on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we know St. Louis. Those fans are ridiculous. They yes. love their baseball. Yes. They yes, love they their do. Cardinals. Yes, they do. And then you end up the Giants lose the series in seven games, but you are like the the last player to be named the MVP of the NLCS for the losing team. Uh, and as I understand it, you don't even have that, you don't even have possession <laughs> of that trophy. You don't even want it, right? That was a rough time. Um, I was sitting in the clubhouse and we're all like stunned. Cause we just knew we were the best team. Right. Like, we, we, you know, we thought that we should have won the whole thing. Right. <laughs> and you fought so oh, hard. Oh my goodness. So we're sitting there and the guy comes in and you know, and. They want to see me and all that, and I, I get up and I go over there, and they, and they told me from MLB. Yeah, yeah. So I was like, really? You know, like that. That was the last thing on your mind, right? Yeah, I wasn't even thinking about no, yeah. you know. And uh, so I, I walked out into the hallway, and you know, I'm going down, and um, uh, Lori and them. Uh, so uh, Cox, the pitcher of the Cardinals, is on his way 
to interview right after me, mm. and then so we meet in the hallway oh, there, boy. and he said, told me, congratulations, man, you know, you, 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 you clearly earned it, blah, 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 blah. You know, we just exchanged little pleasantries, but I was destroyed inside. You were hot. So I had to stand there in front of, you know, in front of all the media and, you know, accept this trophy and, uh, you know, everything like that. And, I bet um, you didn't want to, nah, you know. It, 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 I couldn't even enjoy that. Right. So I come back to the clubhouse. <laughs> I put it in my locker. <laughs> and, you know, the guys, you know, you know, where'd you go hack? And I, and I was like, whatever. You know, I was like, so to this day, no, I don't have it up. I gave it to my stepson. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I would look at that thing and um, always a bad memory, a bad yeah. taste. It's so one I thing to win that, but you, but, but beyond that, you want to win the championship. Yes, I get it. Yes. Oh, I get yeah, it. Yeah. 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 So, you know, it, it was a great honor to win it and all that. Yeah. And, be the last guy after I don't know what thirty one years or something. Yeah. All that's cool, but the memories that's you know that that reside in my heart are, are way beyond that. Yeah. As the years went on, were you able to appreciate it more, or still you're just like I, I just can't accept it because um, the loss was so devastating, or have you kind of settled with it over the years? Because you you I were have. on fire. <laughs> you did deserve it. Let's be clear. I appreciate it. Yeah. I you know I came to accept it, but it still was like a marker. It leaves was, a bad taste. Yes, it still yeah. said you did not win. Mm. And Ozzy went on to the World Series. <laughs> yeah, That's he's not too shabby, that Ozzy Smith guy, right? He's pretty know, good, right? <laughs> yeah, that's how that went. Wow, wow. But it was well, an honor, but yeah. I couldn't enjoy it the way I might have been. I understand that. Yeah. I understand that. So in addition to One Flap Down and Hackman, there were two other nicknames that I, I need you to tell me about. Please tell me about penitentiary phase, which you did not like, right? <laughs> penitentiary phase. That was kind of interesting. Okay, so we're in spring training, and we had this annual thing where somebody would come into the clubhouse and, and, and take a T-shirt or a shirt out of everybody's locker and put something funny on it every year, every spring training. Okay. So we come in grab our shirts, you know, something's funny on it. So this particular uh, season, I come in, we all in there, and everybody's laughing and giggling and all this, and so I grab my shirt, and I really kind of didn't really look at it. I just grabbed it, and I knew I had to put it on. Right. So I put it on. I'm just standing there, and everybody's dying. (laughs) (laughs) So I take the shirt, and I pull it, and I'm looking. I don't see anything. Uh Uh-huh. Because it's right at the bottom. So at the bottom of my T-shirt, all, all these numbers, they put numbers on it as if I'm taking my mug shot <laughs> at the police That's station. That's cold-blooded. So we didn't know that Lowell Corn was in the clubhouse, So which he shouldn't have been, but he actually saw that, and it took off. And uh, that's how I got that name. Right. But and you changed like, it because you didn't like, like penitentiary. I, didn't like it, but I went to a lot of places and they, they, they would chant that. <laughs> That's hilarious. No, I didn't like that, but you know, um, no, I didn't like that. Oh, and you changed it to, it um, would you change it to correctional facility face or something like that? <laughs> <laughs> no, they tried to make it more politically. Right, oh, right, right, right. No, right. I didn't like that one either. Right. And the one you really didn't like was Concrete Marshmallow. Concrete Marshmallow. Yeah, somebody called me that. I mean, it, it was kind of cute. You know, you're hard on the outside, soft on the inside. You know, but at one point, I mean, um, you know, I would talk to the media 
And when they, once they got to know me better, that came out. Yeah. And yeah, it was all right. Yeah. You know. Let's talk about how you changed your number to the double zero. Did that come about from your 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 surgeries? Yes. Um, oh boy, when I came, uh, I wanted number thirty because I wore that in Houston. But when I came, they said that number was taken, so it was reserved for Chili Davis. <laughs> so I said, "Well, I really don't care anymore." So I, I took twenty-six. Okay. So I wore that, and then Frank um, Frank was let go. So out of respect for Frank, I wore number twenty. For that year. I like that. This is a nice breeze. And then I... Um, Candlestick. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. <laughs> um, but actually, I had asked for double zero earlier. Oh, you did? And Al Rosen would not let me have it. He thought it would be too much pressure or it would just give the press easier access. Too much and, fodder for the press. Yeah, right. you know, right. like, you've you, you done nothing again. You know, they, they would use the zeros. And I was trying to explain to Al, Got you know, it. I can handle that. You know, I had uh, two knee surgeries, and I had this this uh, wrist surgery. So for me, it was kind of like starting all over again. So then the next year comes. Mm -hmm. I go upstairs again. I go, I, I, I want to get double zero. And they finally let me, you know, do it. Yeah. But um, it was because of that, in my mind, the way I felt, it was, it was a starting over thing. New beginning. Because I thought my career was over, actually. When After I all those wrist. surgeries, yeah. Yeah. Yes. yeah. And... Um, so of course, you know, the, all the jokes came and all that, but I, I, he, you know, they realized that I could handle that. Yeah. So, you know, I thought it was pretty cool. So, that's all that happened. With I that. like the significance of that. Yes. I like that new Appreciate beginning, it. starting yes. over after your two surgeries. Yep. Well, Jeffrey, it's so exciting for me to introduce you when you come back to the ballpark, <laughs> and I hope you feel all the fan love. And now we've got you back as a community ambassador and a special instructor. How's that working out for you? Do you enjoy that? Oh, I, I love that greatly. First of all, this um, it's an honor. You know, it's it's a it's a it's a complete honor. Uh, um, um, it's a privilege. I mean, it's like when they called and said, well, "Listen, it's time for you to come home. It's time for you to be more more the family." And I was like, "Oh, really?" So uh, when Mario and Larry Bear, uh, Mario Alioto mm -hmm. and uh, Larry Bear called me. Uh, that was a special moment, a yeah. special day. Yeah. And um, yeah, so then they, they explained the role and I was saying, wow, this is an easy job. <laughs> I don't have to make up anything. <laughs> you know, you have the greatest organizations like, come on, you know, and um, Just be yourself yeah, and share your knowledge. That's it. Yeah. So that was, that was, a, wow, that was a blessing right there. Yeah. And um, so, yes, it's, it's, just, it's been unreal. It's been unreal. How is it for you coming back to the ballpark when you when you are on the field and when we show you on the on the big screen? And do you me. feel all of that? It hits me. It hits me. Yeah. It hits me. It hits me good in a good way. Yeah. You know, I'm like, wow, after all these years, and you know, and they, they saw a little something, something, and yeah, all the energy in your voice and, oh, and the way you, you, <laughs> you do it <laughs> and your passion. Thank you. I feel it. You know, I yes, I do. Oh, I, I really do. That's um, good. Yeah, the, that's uh, good. San Francisco is, is, has a special place. Special in my place. Heart. That yes, fan base yes. is like no other, no yes, other. Yes. And I know we got to let you go now because you're coaching youngsters. <laughs> How much do you enjoy that? These are kids, and you're showing them your knowledge. Oh, I love that. I yeah. love this. I love this. I love this. You know, I, um, I do a 16, uh, 16 year olds right now. 
you know, just coming out of high school and all that. A lot of traveling, but, um, you know, um, it's so much fun. You know, a lot of times I find myself, you know, having a moment and I'll think about my father, you know, oh. and, and the, you know, the way he coached us and all that. I go, wow, I, you know, I never thought I, I would be doing this. Yeah. Especially with kids and have to deal with their parents. <laughs> that's a whole, forgive the pun, but that's a whole different ball game in <laughs> 2018. Yes, yes. But, but uh, I love it's a way for you to yeah. honor your dad as well. Yes, yes. I it's, love that. It's so much fun. It's, I love it's, that. It's so gratifying. Would yeah. you like to do more coaching? Would you like to get into major league coaching yeah, on a like a full time? Is that your goal? That's my goal. Oh, you'd be amazing my at that. My goal is to come back, and my yeah. goal is to coach. Yeah, in any capacity. Yeah, that would be amazing. Yes. Well, I wish yes. you all the best. I can't thank you enough. <laughs> I told you earlier, I used to go to Candlestick on Photo Day and try to get my picture taken with you. So this is a full circle moment for me. Happy birthday to the both of us on <laughs> September twenty second, Virgos. Jeffrey Leonard, Forever Giant, thank you so thank much. Thank you so much, Manel. What a treat. Thank you. Yep. Cheers, my brother. Cheers.